Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Postables. You're listening to Deliver Me a Podcast, hosted by Casey, Jess, and me, Cammy. Special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use his amazing music. Now, sit back, relax, grab a Yoohoo and a stamp collection, and here we go. Hey, Postables. How's it going? Welcome to Deliver Me a Podcast. We are so, whoo, um, well, two out of three of us are so, <laughs> are so, there you guys go, I brought oh. the tissue fell out, oh, oh is isn't she sweet, so I really sweet. wish I had like a prop mop to have with me right now, but I don't. Oh, no, that's why I brought the tissues as a prop. Oh, I have a mop. I just. <laughs> Can't get it right now, but my kids have a play mop from Melissa and Doug. It's like this little thing and it's little mop. Oh, cute. I know. I've got a little Mickey Mouse vacuum, but that's about it. <laughs> vacuum your tears. <laughs> well, you're going to have to vacuum up. See, once you mop up, then there's going to be pieces everywhere. So you'd have to vacuum it up. You know. The remnants of our tissues. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Or the remnants of of uh, stuff being torn apart during the angry parts. You know? Oh yes. Yeah. Mm. Scaling your inner Norman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good job. Okay, let's get started. We start off with some very disturbing footage of Hurricane Katrina. I. I still, I still can't quite get over how catastrophic that was, mm -hmm. you know, cause we're talking about a real event now Yeah, and not, there have been some real events, 9-11 and the edge of forever. And, you know, they've been sprinkled in and out of the episodes and the movies, but you know, this was an extremely recent one mm -hmm. comparatively and that and we were all not only were we alive but we were adults so we kind of grasped the full the the full uh thing of the we kind of grasped the full spectrum of the of the catastrophe and yeah. just oh i i still can't get over just how how destructive it was. I mean, to give you guys a perspective, um, so I live in Pensacola, Pensacola, Florida, right. and that is 200 miles from uh, New Orleans, which is about a three hour drive without traffic. And we were feeling the effects over here of Katrina. Like that is how monstrous Kat Katrina truly was. Like we didn't have school in Florida. <laughs> like, 
it was big. I remember waking up and my mom was like, yep, no school today. And I'm like, okay. And we were just watching and it was like pouring down rain and it was so windy. I mean, obviously not as windy as it was in like um, New Orleans, but I mean, it was still really, really windy. Um, we had a hurricane earlier that summer that tilted our um, pool fence over. So it was like tilted so many degrees and Katrina, because it was blowing the opposite direction, tilted that thing back up. Oh my gosh. Like that is how big Katrina was. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a big hurricane. How old were you? Um, 15. I guess you weren't an adult, but nope. you were, you were old enough. <laughs> old enough to remember. I think I was in 10th grade. Old enough to know what was going on. Yeah. Jess, yeah. how old were you when? What year was it again? 2005. I was in sixth grade, I think. <laughs> you really weren't an adult. <laughs> I, I know when you said that, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I was in grade school. <laughs> junior, junior high, I guess. I was 22, 23. <laughs> yes, we were babies. <laughs> Indeed you were. <laughs> Well, I know for us, so back to the hurricane, like for us, we were very nervous because the year before we had Hurricane Ivan, which was sure. just a yeah. little, it was a little bit smaller than Hurricane Katrina, but we were still trying to get like, get back to normal life a year later because um, Ivan was September 16th, 2004. Mm -hmm. And then Katrina was August, I think it was August 30th, 2005. Something like that. So, I mean you know, hurricane devastation is it's, no joke. It's crazy. It's yeah. absolutely crazy. Oh my word. All right. So we see this very sweet, mild mannered man named, well, we find out that his name is Gabe <laughs> and he's just trying to keep his own spirits up as well as people around him by just strumming the guitar, playing a, playing a little bit of music to keep things going and we find out that he didn't have anybody to lose i know and that line was so sad i don't know what's worse to lose somebody or to not have anybody to lose mm -hmm. it's just but you know it's funny that he would say that because i guess he didn't think of himself as losing Hattie because it was so new but you ask me he lost her all the same I do though I do want to I, I do want to say something about Kebmo the actor he was actually I, I looked at his IMDB he was also in Touched by an Angel so he already knew yeah. Martha from that yeah it's like a nice Martha connection I'm like that's so cool yeah when uh, I saw him on Home and Family right before this premiered and uh, and he he talked about how he was good friends with Martha, and I think that he mentioned that he had been on an episode of Touched by an Angel. So yeah, yeah. he was in five of them. Um, uh, okay, okay. So yeah, I was like, oh, that's really awesome. And then yeah, he came back to he came back to this to to help Martha out because she had asked him if he would do it. Well, he was perfect for the role. He was, he was great, yeah. And then um, Hattie's played by Karen Holness. And if she looks I familiar, love it's Karen. because she's been in 
everything. everything. <laughs> but like, I mean, I don't think she's ever been a lead, which is a real shame because as we see in here, she's a fantastic actress. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Hallmark, get Karen a lead role. Like oh yesterday. my gosh. Karen, <laughs> she's been on she's been on some up TV movies as well, but she is just she is so uh, versatile. That's that's the word for her. She is so versatile. She is so so good. I love Karen. I yeah. I adore Karen. We we need to have her on here. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, come on our podcast. <laughs> Karen calling paging Karen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we skip to 12 years later with the postables packing up Eleanor's office. So story-wise, once again, story-wise, this needed to happen because they needed to find the kombucha. (laughs) Kombucha. Kombucha. They needed to find the <laughs> they needed to find the kombucha recipe and they also needed to find the blender and all of that. So story-wise I understand why this happened, but can you please tell me why the members of the dead letter <laughs> the dead letter office department are cleaning out the office of the passport supervisor? <laughs> Because she was in Oliver's Corner, right? We had that connection. Yeah, it was her church. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of my assumption. I was kind of like, maybe they got wind of HR going, you know, to pack it up. And Oliver was like, you know what? I'm good friends with, I was good friends with Eleanor and her family. So I shall pack it up. Crew, let's go. (laughs) I just think, I just think that's funny. You know, that you got the dead letter office packing up passports you know? they have wide <laughs> powers of postal discretion this is part Indeed. of their job right right that explains it all okay so we find a letter that at first oliver is very irritated with gabe a mile high it, do you guys notice that he did not even put his last name there he has a last name <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, he never put it. He never put his last name, and that would have made it a whole lot easier to find him if he had mm-hmm. put his last name. But yeah, he just said Gabe a mile high. Maybe I'm wondering, did they even exchange last names? <laughs> you know? Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus, he maybe assumed it would get to her, and it wouldn't need to be returned to sender. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we have a very cute as Oliver put it, a very cute return address, will they never learn, of Gabe a mile high. But we find out just a couple minutes later, the postmark is September 5th, 2005. Mm-hmm. As we get into the letter, we go back to 2005 and we see Hattie's Backstreet Blues. <laughs> adorable adorable name for a club so uh he had just come in from building some porch steps and he was exhausted and hattie says everybody (laughs) sings for their supper on tuesdays or wednesdays baby or something like that 
I love how she calls him baby. It's so cute. It's, it's, uh, you know, already familiar, you know, she's making, she's making herself a permanent fixture in his, in his life with just a few exchanged sentences of conversation and really showing that southern hospitality I would say it's very very the, southern it's no, very southern it's very <laughs> southern it's very southern but she's also uh she's showing familiarity she's showing a mothering instinct without treating him like a child mm-hmm. you know she she's taking care of him because he says may i please have a ginger ale that's probably probably all he could afford but then she says are you hungry so he's hungry like Sunday after church, which we all know there's something about going through church that makes you really, really hungry. We go back to, we cut back to the DLO and it's just the postables taking in the letter. And one thing that I love that Shane says is that's the great thing about New Orleans. You can be all kinds of things. One thing that we cannot pass up happening here is Rita and Norman's new pet. A potato. I'm sorry. I just, you know, (laughs) if they wanted to take the next step in their relationship, why a potato? (laughs) Because it's, you know, easier than a puppy. (laughs) It's a a whole lot easier than a puppy. Although Oliver calls it, I believe, untidy of like, it's a potato in a cup. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the odor. It's the odor. He's, it's he's also a... budding. It's going to bud. Yeah, it's sprout. It, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that either. But it's just not... a potato <laughs> in a cup. <laughs> Again, it's tidier than a puppy. A certain odor. <laughs> Which but... probably smells better than a puppy too. I mean, okay. just saying. That's, that's very true. But I'm and... with you. Why a potato? <laughs> At least it's better than a pet rock, right? As Shane says, just think of it as a pet rock with the potential to become a side dish. I love that line. I thought it was so clever. <clears throat> and then, of course, you know, she gets in the, in between them. Just look at these little faces. <laughs> I mean, how can you say no to Norman and Rita? Well, yeah. I think that he was about to. And then Miss McInerney got in the middle and he lost all power over the word no <laughs> got him wrapped he got he got him wrapped got him wrapped all right so then let's go to the date the date that he obviously talked to Eleanor about yeah apparently Mm -hmm. (laughs) telling you so Oliver shows up on her on her porch and of course the first thing he does after he rings the doorbell is cleaning cleaning his porch swing like they're not going to be sitting on But why? I know I'm confused by that. But oh, why? No, no, no. Oh no, guys! It's that thing is his pride and joy. 
where their relationship is concerned, it is tangible evidence of his feelings for her. But it's not yeah. even wiping. He's like whacking. <laughs> whack, whack, get he's rid so of that. Fast. And then he's like, oh, no, she's here. It's like when, like, the, the old times they would like, beat a rug to get the dust out. Right, but it exactly. doesn't work that way for a porch <laughs> So what do you guys think about Shane's take on jazz music i'm not musical enough so <sighs> that was all lost to me <laughs> you know it's interesting because jazz and blues can sound very much Similar. the same yeah you wouldn't really know the difference but there's um a distinct style in jazz and a distinct style in blues and the background behind jazz and blues are also slightly different um but I think it's interesting that she picked up on that she's mm -hmm. very cultured and very um I don't know what the word is versatile yes versatile <laughs> and I I love how she just pulled out the napkin and just started doodling and Oliver's like <laughs> staring her down like this is fascinating <laughs> must watch Shane doodle on napkin <laughs> but I mean it is interesting to I mean I've been through that exercise in school where they tell you draw what you feel while you listen to this music or whatever but I don't know it for her to put that kind of picture it, it looked like one of those made up machines that we had to design as kids you know they would say draw your design for a machine it looked like a machine that had broken <laughs> and was <laughs> splitting apart with sparks or something like that i don't know exactly how to describe it but it was just it it was such an interesting way to visually visually show what she was what what she was feeling you know yeah. and yeah that that was that was really that was really interesting and then they they missed their reservation at montaldo's which kind of is for me, that was a little frustrating because Montaldo's had been such a disaster the first time. I was like, let's let's get back in the saddle. Let's go back and kind of make it right there and, you know, make our peace with that place. Of course, you can't have too many locations in one scene or it, the, it would make the movie horribly long. But still, I just, I was like, oh, they missed their reservation to Montaldo's, dang it. That didn't really strike me because my thought was, wow, these two had a lot to talk about too. That they this, couldn't even keep track of the like, time. That yeah. and it's a good sign. dinner. It's a good sign. <laughs> well, they can order food at the flat lounge, which is a good thing. I mean, <laughs> sure, but Montaldo's yeah. and the fancy food with you know the lemon curd <laughs> how can you give that up yeah but maybe it's a good thing they didn't go back because it would probably would have brought back some memories that weren't pleasant that part i will completely agree with mm -hmm. the the part that you know maybe it's a good thing that they didn't go back because number one it means they lost track of time because they were having such a great time together and that and then the other part is that 
you know, it's good to just go make new memories in a new place. So yeah, yeah that, that part I will agree with. Definitely. If they went back, you know, there probably would have been a reprise of If I Loved You and all of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I do love you, but I can't say it yet. So, so this time Oliver grab her hand. Rabbits. <laughs> Okay, down girl. Let's uh let's go it's okay, to it's all made up in the next scene. Let I was about to say let's skip to the part where he does grab her hand. Yes. <laughs> when when she trips and he grabs both of her hands actually. And I I love his immediate concern just I mean, she does a tiny little stumble and not only does he rush to her side and grab both her hands and immediately it's, should we call a cab? After he says, can I, shall we call a cab? She says, no, because she doesn't want to let go of his hands. She wants, she wants, she, she is, she is making it known that she is totally okay with them taking that next step yeah these this woman is probably the only woman who could knock through the armor on oliver (laughs) and because he needs it spelled out i am interested in you take that next step baby (laughs) if we were talking like hattie (laughs) and i think you know this is it's interesting with shane and oliver because Shane okay with Oliver being so formal and very old-fashioned it's usually the man that leads the relationship right right but when it comes to Shane he is totally okay with her giving him signals like yes he's too insecure because my of his whole Holly thing yeah and she he needs that he needs somebody to um be a little more forward with him and a little more obvious because apparently <laughs> these last hundred movies when Shane is not as obvious <laughs> There are a lot of miscommunications and such, and there's a lot of um, back and forth with these two. So I I feel like at this point, Shane has really learned Oliver and she knows exactly what he needs in order to take that next step. Because I guarantee you, if she didn't tell him, like, but then I'd have to let go, (laughs) batting in the eyelashes, he would have been like, no, let's take a cab. We must keep (laughs) you safe. He would be like the chivalrous one. And, you know, it just... We'd have this like dancing around again, but this is exactly what we need to lead up to the next scene. If you're not watching on YouTube, you need to come on right now and see Casey batting her eyelashes. (laughs) Then there's me just internally shaking my head. (laughs) Oh, poor Jess. She puts up with so much when romantics. When we start talking romance. Oh, I know. I, will, I like the next scene much better than... I was not frustrated by the next scene as much as Cammy. I, oh, I wasn't frustrated. either. frustrated. No. So, no. I mean, yes, yes, it's a beautiful no. moment. It's a beautiful moment and we know what happened, but oh, I was so frustrated. I'm like, no. But I there's something so like, like the way her hand just like tightens on the rail. There's something very very sensual about that it is incredibly yes i will admit it but it i still wanted to see it casey needs a fan <laughs> she's back in the masterpiece okay. with the okay. dance here we go here we go come on breathe breathe casey breathe tears and a fan 
and I need a tissue and I need a fan. <laughs> I don't have a fan, but I do have a tissue. There we go. Oh, man. Oh, it, it was hot. I don't care what anybody else says. No, it was hot. It's, it's true. It's true. But it frustrated me because I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it so much. And like Oliver says later, it was way too short. Yeah. Well, it's also, it was also a nod to that old movie. The postables have caught this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I forget what the movie is. And a fair to remember. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 You got to give a nod to the classics, but still. <laughs> I like that they had their kiss in private, though. I really did. I was, I was so taken, uh, like, the, now I've never seen an affair to remember. But the music, the mood, the hand on the rail, like everything about it was like, wow. I I feel, and here's the thing too, like this relationship, yes, we've waited so long for them to finally establish that they are more than a thing, more than (laughs) friends, whatever. But with them being, with Oliver being so formal and very old fashioned and just these two at odds finally coming together, I just felt like it was appropriate for their, their first kiss to be an off-screen kiss. I don't know. There was just something about it that just made me go, oh, bring on the fans. Holy cow. I didn't say, I didn't say it wasn't good cinematically. I just was frustrated because I wanted to see it. <laughs> either way I mean I'm with Jess I I thought it was I mean everything aside I was more than okay to see their kiss um off like through her hand through her hand (laughs) (laughs) and well no matter how gleeful or or giddy or hot we all feel at that point it all comes crashing down when we hear the squeaking porch swing and somebody shows up oh oh Oh, hey steve yeah i do have to say good on you shane because can we speak privately no no yeah (laughs) (laughs) that oh i mmm that was i i took a writing class uh, a couple years ago and one thing that they taught us is never give the protagonists what they want and that was one of the elements of good writing is you always keep them from what they want and boy <laughs> were we kept from what we want that mm-hmm. time it's like go away steve go away <laughs> And then not only does he show up and interrupt a perfectly good evening, he's taking her away and she needs her passport. So, ah. (laughs) Yeah. Passport and radio silence. Mm. It's, It's frightening. It's frightening when you think about it. Here's what I wanted to have happen. You know, Steve says, go inside, pack a bag, grab your passport. I wanted her to grab Oliver's hand, leave Steve outside on the squeaky porch swing and bring Oliver inside while she packed a bag so that they could be together and talk and actually kind of finish up their evening. And I mean, he wasn't going to kiss her right in front of Steve, but maybe he would have kissed her again if 
they could have been by themselves. Jimmy's still pining for that kiss. I am pining for that kiss. <laughs> well, no, you do make a good point though, because it's like she's she goes inside and then that's it. Like he yeah. goes. And he leaves. Like you would think that these two people who have just literally just established that they are more than just friends. <laughs> would do something about it right like like you said take shove him inside and be like i'm so mad right now throwing things like i feel like especially with shane being such a bombastic person anyways like yes she's always like i don't want to say bullying her way into things but you know like we've seen her in the pilot she's a force of nature she's a force of nature she does what she wants but this for whatever reason in this moment she's like I guess I gotta go. Yeah, I was um, surprised you didn't. Well, yeah, come in because they never really said goodbye. Not no, like true goodbye. That was the that was the other that was the other thing. It's like pull him into the house. Yes, you have to pack a bag, but he can be there. You know, <laughs> dang it. Yeah, he can make you a cup of coffee or something. Something, something. You can so have your real kiss inside your house. Yeah. So now. We start dealing without Shane. I call it striving with no Shane. <laughs> oh. Back and, to the old stages of everything taking so long. <laughs> right, right. Hacking. So here's one interesting thing that I find really, really odd is all of the things that Oliver does to keep busy except for playing poker everything has something to do with Shane Mm -hmm. and I think poker is the way to get him distracted to stop thinking about Shane of course it doesn't work because the conversations are always brought back whenever they're having their poker night but oiling the swing Shane cutting back the roses Shane finding Gabe and Hattie made a promise Shane he moved her desk Shane perfect perfecting the perfect uh perfecting the kombucha smoothie recipe Shane everything had something to do with her while he was trying to stay busy to not uh to not deal with the fact that she was gone yeah and like mm-hmm. until he moved her desk, she was still a very sacred. She had a sacred place in the DLO. Yeah, he was noticed clearing off her desk yeah. or dusting it or something. Yes, Norman. He puts that bin on top of her desk, and they're talking, and he like he's just subconsciously picks it up and then straightens out her iPad holder and then takes it away. And Shane and or Rita and Norman are like, oh. <laughs> their face their faces are so fallen they do not know what to do oh and the sigh that one sigh when norman and reed are like talking about you know stuff or whatever and then you hear oliver go oh i know and they're like oh we've never seen oliver like this before so he's not since shane <laughs> i know 
So Ramon to the rescue. <laughs> we we need to we need to make that a shirt. Ramon to the rescue. <laughs> Put him in a Zorro outfit or something. It, it fits. You know. <laughs> so Zach, what do you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> do you like that idea of putting putting uh, Ramon in a in a Zorro outfit and doing Ramon to the rescue. Now that would be so, something. That would be something. So he has recently purchased the mailbox grill and he thinks that what Oliver needs are the three P's. Passion, <laughs> which we all know is very rampant in Ramon. <laughs> Patole and poker i love the way he says it <laughs> poker <laughs> i love the way rita's like i love poker <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i never ever would have pegged rita i would have pegged her for being really good at it but i never would have pegged rita for being really good at poker <laughs> and just how she all of a sudden her voice goes from up here to like poker <laughs> I she gets poker. real serious <laughs> about poker. And Norman's yeah. just like, who are you? <laughs> so while they're at poker night, this is, you know, Ramon is very much the comic relief. He's mm -hmm. very much there to get in the way, especially with Norman and Rita. But there are so many times when the character of Ramon really shows his usefulness. And this is one of the big times. Not only is he getting Oliver distracted by, um, by offering poker night, but... Uh, he said, whatever happened to that man, Gabriel? And they said, oh, we've tried everything. We've tried this. We've tried this. We've tried this. Have you tried music? Music? Oh. No. Great yeah, idea, Ramon. <laughs> I know. It's a fabulous idea. And not only does he give them the idea, but he is the facilitator. He says, Thursday is, I love how he says it, Yaz night. <laughs> so... Uh, okay, this was going to be a trivia question, but I will save you guys the agony. Friday is alternative Latin garage punk grunge night, of course. <laughs> and, <laughs> but Saturday will be blues night. And I just, not only is he giving a fabulous idea, but he's the facilitator. He mm -hmm. said, I'm going to set this up so that he will come to us and you can find him which is fabulous and he was surprisingly um invested in this story he was mm -hmm. very invested. in the letter story yeah maybe it's because he's a singer i mean not a singer yeah. but a musician mm -hmm. well it's the first time he, he he actually sat down with him and heard the letter so it's the yeah. first time he got he really got the story he got to hear the letter or he would well no i he has been invited by rita before but it's but it's I think it's the time the first time that the entire group invites him to sit down and listen to the letter, even if he does steal a bite of Norman's cake. You know? <laughs> He's also an overly romantic person, also. So oh, it could be the fact that this is a you know, the guys are seeing the romance in the letter. Unlike that, Shane. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about that for a second. So Shane, when she was there, she said, all we know about Gabe is he walked into a blues club and had a good meal. And Oliver's the one 
one who said and fell in love. I just think that, and that is a total switch from the last time when we were talking about um, something good. You know, it was Shane who was saying the singer was in love mm -hmm. and, and all are saying, oh, a girl <laughs> keeps a guy's guitar in a closet and all of a sudden they're in love and you just roll your eyes. And now Oliver's the one who's saying that the letter writer is in love and mm -hmm. Shane's the one that missed it. It's just, it's so sweet. That happened in the pilot too with Charlie and Kelly's letter. Yes, that's right. That's right. With Shane. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we don't meet Gabe, but we do meet Big Joe Hopkins, who's a trumpet player. And they uh, and he sends them to I think his name was Ephraim. I couldn't really understand him. He was speaking so quickly. But Ephraim, who is a blues player at the E flat lounge. And of course, that brings up memories in and of itself. But he's the one that leads them to Gabe. Because Gabe is the 5280 man. 5280 man. That is so profound. I, I mean, there's no other, it doesn't really seem like something that would be considered profound, but I think it is so profound given what we learn about how Gabe is always trying to get to higher ground mm -hmm. and yeah. it's just oh it, it is so like profound connections yeah like it all goes back to like the original conversation with Hattie he talked about higher ground they talked about she talked about feeling like a mile high when she would go up somewhere and thank god for for all her blessings and it's like right is is connected it's very very good writing Martha they find him finally they find him and I love the song he's singing. It's God trying to get your attention. Mm -hmm. It's so fitting. It's so fitting with all the things that have been happening to them and all the things that have been happening to him. You know, it's maybe God's trying to get your attention. And so now they are even more, they are even more determined to find Hattie or find out what happened to Hattie because yeah. right now they, she, they presume she's dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, and Ugh. you feel really bad <laughs> for Oliver because he's trying to tell him like, so the thing is, and like, you could tell he's going to say Hattie is presumed not alive, but he, he just, he cannot say it. He cannot say, say it out it. loud. Not um, after that man has been there mm -hmm. at that same place every week for 12 years. Mm -hmm. he, he can't say, I couldn't say it. No. There is no way that I could say it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. And what's really interesting, too, about this is that Oliver is the one who's like, or well, kind of, it's like, we're still going to try to find Hattie, um, even though they've already done their, their role. They've they returned to sender because that's what they were supposed to do at that point was return to sender. They they finished what they're supposed to do. And so it's a callback to when Shane did the same thing for Phoebe. They delivered the letter to Phoebe, but then they went back to try to find the sender mm -hmm. of, right. um, of the letter. So it's like the opposite, I guess. They're going back to the recipient. But I was like, that's a really nice callback and a role reversal for Shane and Oliver. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Can, definitely. 
can we just mention really fast how the postables are, t- or at least Oliver, he's done a lot of like all nighters. <laughs> because oh my god they're the same outfit that they were the night before at the the, (laughs) um at the blues night they are pulling especially oliver like you said they are pulling so many all-nighters in this movie oliver pulls about he pulls a minimum uh, a minimum of two Mm -hmm. and i think it's more like three or four that he that he pulls it's just oh it's terrible (laughs) so let's talk about joe for a second joe is of course laid back easygoing one but with a lot of very valuable wisdom Mm -hmm. and my favorite my my favorite words of wisdom that he gives to oliver because uh because he's worried about shane and is she coming back and oliver's holding on to well given our last date i don't think she's gonna stay away and like, okay you need to stop banking on that son you know <laughs> and he says one kiss doesn't make a contract which i find is so reminiscent of previous episodes when the stamp is the smallest contract Mm. i never thought about it until i heard it this time around i went oh my gosh are we talking about are, are we kind of doing a nod to a stamp is the smallest contract but one kiss doesn't make a contract you know and i just think it's very interesting how he's he's encouraging him to keep moving forward and to keep trying and that's the reason i have no doubt in my mind that his conversation with his dad is what prompts him to fly to langley see i thought it was his conversation with norman that prompted him to fly to langley yes i i agree with you on that but i think that that's what started it the the uh i think that the the conversation with dad is what kind of began the motivation and then the conversation with norman kind of puts the final stamp on it okay i'm going that's my view that's my view yeah i mean i agree one kiss doesn't make a contract but i was kind of like oh (laughs) just because like oliver is so he is a moral perfectionist. Oh, absolutely. And but two kisses would have made a contract. Sure. <laughs> he could have had his chance. But Oliver is such a moral perfectionist in the sense of like, okay, we are a thing. We've kissed. This it is means- a contract for him. It is a contract <laughs> no, for him. It, no, that's what, yeah. And that's what dad has to talk him out of. And, and it just in his mind because his dad has said this now he's thinking like uh it's now placing doubt in his mind Mm -hmm. that shane actually meant all the things you know the kiss their their relationship the the hand holding all that stuff that i feel like put a little bit of ptsd in to oliver because then all of a sudden he goes into this whole like like he was sad before now he's just an angry depressed man you know, yeah. and like you can see when he starts moving her desk and he puts it away on the other side, you can see where the the camera 
um, is panning through and it's panning through the Paris box. And when you see oh. that, yeah. you're like, uh, and the DLO becomes his, we see the DLO become disheveled and we see it a hot mess. And that's what Oliver is going through. Like it's showing his in, inner turmoil in the mess and the craziness and him putting Shane away. And it becomes everything. a graveyard for failed attempts, doesn't yeah, it? It does. And he it really does. He becomes angry. You can see he's just, he is fighting himself in this whole situation. And I feel like because his dad said that and he respects his dad now, especially because they are now, they now have a restored relationship. Um, I, I feel like that just kind of put the nail in the coffin for <laughs> Oliver and Shane in that moment, because like, I mean, it's not, he's not wrong. Joe is not wrong. And it is perfectly well and fine for Joe to say that to his son, to give that advice. Because again, it's, it's true. A kiss does not make a contract, but for Oliver and his personality and how he is, it's like, perhaps we could have said it a little differently. Like, <laughs> so, so you, you bring up a really, really good point that he, that Oliver becomes angry and for a man like Oliver, things get done when he's angry. And I think this is also the first time when they're around the poker table he expresses his anger. Mm -hmm. Everything has been yeah. shoved in the in his heart. Like everything has been very like it's true. Pushed down. Like whenever he they go to the E flat lounge or whatever, he's like, oh, are we I've been there. You know, he's like mm -hmm. shoving his emotions. He's shoving Shane away. He's like suppressing what he's feeling. But then in this moment when they're talking about Gabe and Hattie and you know, all of this stuff, he says no man should wait for someone to come around like and you're like oh that's like a sick burn right there and then he's like yeah. excuse me and leaves and you're like uh yeah he's angry and sometimes people who are just like solemnly angry angry are scarier than people who just have an <laughs> outburst yeah it's it's true because you never know when they're gonna have that outburst and how much is going to build up mm -hmm. and norman has become so good at diplomacy he he sees through oliver he sees he gets you know he gets to the heart of the matter and it just shows us how much he's grown i mean he's the one who leaves the table i mean norman was kind of clueless in, in many ways at the beginning of the series mm -hmm. yeah. and he's really become intuitive and he picks up on that and he also leaves the highest poker hand on the table a royal flush my gosh <laughs> just i'm out too oh, like, i don't know much about being like uh you know what this is right <laughs> i don't know much about poker but i know that's good <laughs> it's the highest hand royal flush could have oh, won the hand he could have won a ton of money or at least a ton of chips that night yeah but yeah no i completely agree with you on norman because he is never the one to be forward i think the last time we saw him being forward with a situation was with phoebe mm -hmm. but yeah. he had that connection with phoebe because she didn't have parents at that moment she and her mom was presumed dead all uh norman 
had been orphaned as a young child. He was bullied as a young child. Phoebe was getting bullied. So you had that connection there. With Oliver and Norman, it's very much a big brother, little brother relationship with mm-hmm. Norman being the little brother. Norman's always asking Oliver, like, what can I do next? Oh, sure, I'll do that for you. Oh, sure, I'll go here for you. Mm-hmm. I'll do this. Or getting the advice from Oliver, like with the raft conversation, dealing yeah. with getting things like yeah. that. Always getting the advice. And then in this moment, Norman calls Oliver out which is big first of all little brothers don't call out big brothers like unless the situation calls for it and that's that situation that definitely called for it second of all he is an employee of Oliver employees don't call their bosses out (laughs) third of all this has to do with a very touchy deep relationship which again for Norman who is very much not a um he's I don't want to say he's not an emotional person, but he's very withdrawn from people, especially in the beginning. He's very much a, um, uh, uh, like, like from in Paris, from Paris with love or not from Paris with love. It was one of the earlier movies. I can't remember exactly which one at this point, but basically they're like, we're so sorry, Oliver. It was for Paris with love. They're looking at the the mailbox shoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Norman's like, I guess I'm sorry too yeah hmm and they're like yes you're sorry like be emotional (laughs) but you know for Norman he is he embodies that big brotherhood and he says exactly what Oliver needs to hear which is you know waiting waiting for your mom to come back and waiting for Holly to come back and waiting for he says your wife to come back and waiting for Shane to come back and it's like you're putting everything out there into words that Oliver is suppressing right now. And he needs these things to come up because he needs to do something about it. And he's the one who reminds Oliver, you and I have a whole lot more to hope for than Gabe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that's singing. It's, it's beautiful. And then Norman says he has a secret, a good one, because <laughs> the bad ones hurt his heart. But he's got a good one. But we have to wait to hear what that secret is, even though we all know what it is. But it's still cute that they leave us hanging in some in some form. And Oliver does fly to Langley to account for an employee who has been gone for three months without paperwork. Which is a very valid point from a supervisor's standpoint. It is. Incredibly valid, but incredibly false for his reasons. <laughs> But I mean, if you're going to get in legitimately, you need a oh, legitimate abs- excuse. And absolutely, so absolutely. an employee has been gone for three months without any paperwork and you've been covering for her, regardless of what your relationship <laughs> with her is or not, uh, we still need some paperwork, which by the way, is a little confusing as to why she didn't have any paperwork to begin with. Yeah. Like that is just- true. It's such a, it's such a covert mission, I guess. They couldn't, they couldn't show her as being away i guess i mean yeah but i think it's so funny that i would either like the paperwork or i'd like my employee, employee back, back. <laughs> like, um you i think you want your employee back more <laughs> she's critical to the mission oh i'll bet she is you know just, whoa oliver's getting sarcastic you know that means watch he's, out he's everybody pretty salty in this he is, scene he is oh, salty <laughs> he's he is a pillar of salt. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
especially when he sees somebody walking I, I have a lot of mixed emotions about that entire exchange okay <laughs> so, so give it to us come on well like at first it's fine i think i'm trying to remember exactly like the whole word play but I totally get Oliver, but in some reasons he's being a little petty because in a truly covert mission, yes, you're going to have a phone. Oh, that's yeah. A work phone, <laughs> and you're not going to be allowed to have contact. And so for some reason, I feel like I feel bad for Shane because she's trying to explain it to her at him and he's just acting like she's been lying. Um, but the same time I get it, like he he's upset, he's hurting, you know, he's been... He's gone through this waiting game before with Shane is Shane and... is very innocent in all of this. You know, yeah. just she goes and does what Shane. she told. Yeah, she she goes and she does what she's told. She's following the rules of the mission. She does a lot of Steve says, Steve says, and like that's very childlike of her. Not not childish, but she's relying very heavily on what Steve. Yes, she relies very heavily on what Steve says. Trust. What I'm yes. doing is very important. That's what Steve says. Are you ten? Yeah, but you know, but when, but, but when you're in, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think but, you're gonna say what I'm saying. Well, go no, ahead. I mean, but for Shane, and we know this when we know this from the pilot. Shane has always been a rule follower up until the point that her father passed away. Right. And at that moment, when Shane walks into the DLO for the very first time, Shane is. She's not the healthiest of herself. Like right. she has got, she's got, she's still going through these turmoils with her father passing away, her not able to reconcile with him. Like she's not the best part of herself yet. And so when Oliver meets her, Oliver meets more of a unhealthier Shane who's willing to break the rules, who's willing to be like, whatever, I don't care. Let's right. do this. So he's used to her bending the rules, breaking the rules, whatever. Shane has now grown up a lot in this series so far and she has now become the healthiest part of herself because she even admits to him like hacking and he's like you're not gonna you know don't say anything that we are gonna have to say in court and he's, <laughs> she's like okay old Shane would have been like you know what it's fine we got this we've done this multiple times before but now she's like okay that's fine so because work is a very much a pride and joy for Shane she's the healthiest part of herself so she is going to follow the rule she is going right. to abide by what steve says especially because they had a previous relationship and they've known each other for many many years obviously at this point yeah so she has no reason to doubt shane or to doubt steve now oliver because he's seen her through all these things he's seen her break the rules in his mind he's like you've broken rules before why are you not breaking the rules now yeah and it's, it's almost like he doesn't quite grasp it he might know it in his heart but he just doesn't he can't grasp it especially with his lack of um technology because he doesn't get the fact that like you can have a work only phone yeah <laughs> like that's and a thing. burner phones are not always the answer <laughs> how do you know about burner phones <laughs> we watch action movies on poker what? night <laughs> But Steve is the culprit in this one. Mm -hmm. Oliver takes a bit of his anger because he's really mad at Steve here. He takes some of his anger out on Shane, even though she is completely innocent in this. 
she's mm-hmm. doing what she knows to be right she is doing everything based on her orders who what which she is getting from steve and it it's very disturbing how quickly he fesses up I'm like okay yeah fine crisis is over I'm like oh you dirt bag <laughs> <laughs> The only reason why Shane confronts him is because Oliver plays that mind game with her. Exactly, and, like, and that was a really good bluff. <laughs> that was a good one. Oliver's <laughs> learning so much from poker. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the exact psych- reverse psychology that Shane needed to go confront Steve. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, she would have been like, I'm here. Do, 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 do. No, it was, yeah, <laughs> she, she needed she needed to hear that that even though oliver was bluffing but what she really needed to hear is i can't lie to you i know i'm just wondering if steve can (laughs) i have that very touching statement and then we also get I'd like my pen back. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. this is like a roller. This scene is a roller coaster of emotions. Like you're up, you're down. I'm like, I don't know what to feel. (laughs) So much. So much. And she nails the coffin when she she puts the nail in the coffin because if you notice, he's going back and forth and he almost believes her. Almost. But then when she says, I found Hattie. He's like, great. And she's like, I was going to follow up after this was done, but now you're here. Here you go. That is the key. That is the sign to Oliver. She's saying, you know what? I'm probably not going to come home. So here's Hattie and you take it and you run with it. Mm. In Oliver's mind, she's, she is giving Shane. I thought, I thought that it was that it's going to be much longer. And so I want you to get this over as quickly as possible. Well, so yeah, that- from Shane's point of view, but from yeah. Oliver's point of view, because she's giving Maybe. Hattie back the one thing that was keeping, the one thing that is, um, that was a guarantee that she would come back because she's so dedicated to, to Hattie. She's now returning right, to him. It. And so in Oliver's mind, he's like, you, first of all, you don't believe me about Steve and you being here. And second of all, you're you're returning your portion of the letter story detective stuff back to me, which indicates to me that you have no intentions of coming home is like a nail in the coffin for Oliver. It's true. It's true. Oh, but the trip wasn't completely wasted because after he goes to Langley, he flies to Austin, Austin Texas. my territory, Austin, Texas. <laughs> And uh, we'll just let you guys think that that was filmed in Austin. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he finds Hattie, which, oh, are you telling me he's still alive? Oh, it's just, it, it is so, it is so beautiful. And the reunion, the reunion between Hattie and Gabe. I think the only oh. re- I think the only reason why it was as subdued as it was is because it was in front of people. You know. <laughs> but oh. I love too that the song he's singing is his handed over song, and that's yeah. a callback to when she told him, "You got to hand all that hand over to the over. Oh my gosh! Oh my and gosh! And then the once he stops playing, shout out to James Jandris because there's an instrumental 
tone when they actually like drew like reunite is so beautiful oh like, i'm sorry what was that <laughs> what was that miss mop what ah. <laughs> shush <laughs> oh clean up on aisle dress uh -huh. there are no tears uh -huh. there are no tears but my heart is touched <laughs> okay now this is where i'm gonna need it oh dear <laughs> Because we have one of the best parts in this entire movie. When Ramon says, you're leaving, and Oliver says, he'll do just fine. You know exactly what's about to happen. And this, this scene is so beautifully written, so emotionally charged, and so incredibly acted. <laughs> I can do this. I can do this. You want one of us to take over for you? <laughs> when he says, I thought of a nickname for you. Rita, Moon River, Haywith, Dorman. <laughs> and Rita's like, what? <laughs> Oh, but it, okay, but okay, before we go into that, the nickname thing is a callback <laughs> to one of the previous movies where Rita's like, I wish I had a nickname, and they're going well, back Well, that's, that's here. No, it, it happens in a previous movie. It happened, yeah, it it's happens two previously, times, yeah. and then yeah. it happens previously, and then it, and yes, then it, it re-fleshes out. <laughs> right, yeah. right, but I just, I love that it was another, again, another connection, another thing to a previous movie. I love how these things are, like, the continuation. It brings the continuity within the movies, and oh my goodness, when Norman and Rita are there together and Rita is just like, da-da-da-da-da, you ready to go? And she's like, <laughs> she is so innocent. And when when Norman profound, like he shares that nickname that he's come up with for Rita, Rita's face, I love her face. I love oh that she's it's like bombshell right here. Like <laughs> What did you just say? <laughs> what? Did I hear that right? Especially for Rita, one who's probably like, yeah, she's always been very romantic. She's always been in love with Norman, but it's happening. Like, this is actually This is happening. happening. <laughs> this is oh happening. Oliver's, or Oliver. Norman's being bold again. He's being bold. He's grown up. And his face, his face is like a little puppy. He had like, to oh. know. He had to know she was gonna say yes. Oh yeah. But the fact that she said yes, yes, I'll marry you, and then he just begins to sob, and all he can say is thank you. He's so innocent. Yeah. And that and moment too, when he's like, when Norman is telling Rita all the things he wants with her like uh, together oh in gosh. life oh my god I, I the love, sweetest thing. it is it's so sweet and I love I just love how Martha writes it because it's such an emotionally charged moment and everyone like we're all sobbing here but then he's also like he's I'm totally about, Norman yeah he's totally Norman because then he's he talked about potatoes and then he's talking about children he's like I'm I'm talking about children not potatoes I love that line you're funny. I'm talking about children now it's so like, Norman yeah, I got that it's, it's so Norman. 
think I'll make you as happy as you'll make me, but I'm going to try every day for the rest of my life. Just, oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. It, okay. You guys also know that I have a thing with saying, I love you too. It's mm-hmm. kind of like an afterthought. Like yeah. it, it, it's a copycat thing. Yeah. And so when he, when they do the knee scoot, to give the hug and he says I love you and she says I love you so much and I went there's no two yes <laughs> and then of course big brother is outside overhearing all of the boisterous happiness and he's just quietly saying he did it he did it yes <laughs> I love that it when they start squealing and screaming Norman and Rena because like we had the we had the very quiet like I love yous and like that very romantic moment but then all of a sudden like they stand back up and they're like they're Norman and Rena yes they very much are themselves (laughs) they start like they're just squealing and they're like um we're getting married to each other to each other love that and I love how he picks her up to swings her around and they have that kiss and it's just oh it's like so so perfect for these two characters who've come so far since the pilot you had Norman and Rita who were constantly like we really have we we have these really big crushes on each other but like Norman's like must not look at Rita all we can do is bang into each other like all like yeah and then there's Rita that's always like hi Norman (laughs) and then like six inches apart you know they're very much like we don't know how to become a thing but now they've really become a couple that are their 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 hearts are knit together that's a really good way of putting it so let's do some more knitting Oliver's walking around all night again because <laughs> he never and, sleeps <laughs> and I think he must have walked most of the day because it because uh, it looks to be late afternoon early evening when he finally goes back to the DLO and yeah well he, he sees he sees Gabe on the way in Hattie so it was right. Sunday morning it was or maybe, Sunday morning. maybe they just went there together I think but. he I think they just went there but yeah and uh but uh then we see uh we see something very familiar that yes. has been moved and then he turns around and he sees a coat on the coat rack that does not usually go there and he also walks through different doors usually he walks through the doors out in the back this one he walks <clears throat> in through the doors through like closer to the mailboxes if you notice I did not. Yeah. Normally, Oliver, so like there are two entries to the DLO. Okay. There's the one in the very back, like where you can see Oliver's desk and you can see straight back this way. Okay. And then he would have seen her if he came in that way. If yeah, he would have, if he came in that way, he wouldn't have, he would have seen her immediately, but he came in through the side entry because if you notice, he goes, he goes, he goes to the fridge, he grabs the Yoohoo. Then he starts walking again. And then he's at this moment where he sees desk, coat, chair. Chair. (laughs) And we have the turning around to reveal someone who has been gone for Mm -hmm. over three months. And it's a very familiar scene. 
of yeah. someone turning around who would have been gone for a very long time. Very long time. Bears in love, Miss Holly. Mm. So the first thing of all the things that she could <laughs> say to him, she talks about the kumbacha recipe. Oh my gosh, I just <laughs> did it! <laughs> I was like, no, if that was intentional. So like, that oh, was, should I correct you? Could we she t- so of all <laughs> things <laughs> of all things that she could talk to him about, she talks about the kombucha recipe, the roses, and the desk. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how all three of those things it you know it's it's digs it's it's fishing for information it's getting him to talk mm-hmm. because the only way that he's going to be able to get past uh get past all this is by talking business first mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then Steve says once again <laughs> Oh, but this time she uses it as a dig. It's oh, I know. A, I don't care what Steve says anymore, but I'm going to use this as ammo. I, I know, but it's still, you know, it brings back the Steve says, Steve says, yeah. like, oh my gosh. Shame. Steve's <laughs> been misleading her this whole time. Yeah, Steve says. Yes. But, but Steve is right in that Steve says, does not always say what he means. Because, <laughs> and she's just fishing for it. Like, she's just fishing for him to say stuff because she knows why he moved her desk. Yeah, right. she's smart. Like, I feel like that's not, you know, I feel like it's kind of obvious. And but she wants him to say it. She wants him to say that he missed her. And when he says it, when he says it, she still has to interpret. So you mean <laughs> you missed me? <laughs> like, let's work on getting succinct sentences here. <laughs> so you mean you're competitive? too <laughs> okay but, you know, she knows him that well to know that if she just starts throwing out darts he's gonna immediately clam up and that's not good for the relationship she needs very him. true and if she attacks him that's not good for the relationship so she really really needs him to open up and just say exactly what he needs to say because if he doesn't like it not she was the one that was away she was the one that kept bringing up steve she was the one that yeah. you know didn't find any ways to communicate with him so she needs him to final just open up what you've he's been feeling so that she can kind of not defend herself but she can you know combat that and make make him feel like everything's okay because if she just says oh i'm here now everything should be fine he's gonna be like "Mm, Uh -uh. i don't think so yeah (laughs) okay this next line I tried to copy it down word for word, but it was taking me forever. So I'm going to leave it as... You mean you don't have it memorized? <laughs> nope, I do not. Which one? So the, I don't always say what I mean, big, what I mean, and I say it. Oh, man. His big, huge, long monologue. I was like, okay, this is going to take me forever to write down. So never mind. So what I got is your intentions and mine were, we're not, not in concert. concert. Uh, now that's that's a that's a very very that's a low blow that is a low blow that is a big diss well it may and it makes her angry because if you're suggesting that i didn't miss you and i might be the only person on earth who understands that and then she just 
bam, whips out the letter, boom, boom. And then she starts getting emotional. I'm like, do you realize how hard this was for me? You know? oh. I love, 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 love the fact that she wrote letters. I love the fact that she used it as ammo in that moment <laughs> because how uh, the way to Oliver's heart, besides a kiss, it's not through his stomach no it is through the written word and that is the exact reassurance that Oliver needed to not see and hear and read what were those letters because had she not done that what was she gonna do like if she didn't write letters she's like I thought of you every day well okay you can't prove it, prove it to me but when she started she and it's not like three letters it's like a whole stinking stack of letters yeah it looks like about 10 or 12 I didn't count it but... looked more it looked like a couple dozen it looked like to me when it started going everywhere and then they picked now, it all with up that, yeah that but, that looked that looked like a couple dozen you're right and, and when she starts going off and she's like this one I wrote on the plane and I talked about kissing you on the steps and you can see Oliver's face just all of a sudden go from angry I'm a jerk to <laughs> his walls are crumbling down like oh, completely his walls were completely up and probably like doubled over tripled over he had a very big fortress around his heart and as soon as she whipped that letter out and she starts going off on him he's just melting and he feels so bad for how he treated her just then and he feels so bad about like the fact that he doubted that she loved him and missed him now they didn't say the love I love you thing yet, but not yet, not yet. But there is again, their hearts are knit together. Well, and the only way that he can possibly make it up to her, and the only way and- he could get her to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> And I think the only way to show that his intentions and hers were in concert. I seriously wonder how many, this is so unromantic of me, but I seriously wonder how many takes it took to get that. It took three. That's right. That's right. I I could not remember. It was like, I know she said something, but like how many takes did it take to not whack him in the face on on her way around? Kristen said that it took about three takes. Uh, It was the last one, the last take that we saw. And she might have stepped on his foot a couple of times. But they did. They did not bang heads. <laughs> that yeah, that was a good thing. But that oh my gosh, that kiss, and then showing it from all the different angles, showing that he is taking his time, just like Dad said, that he needed to take his time the next chance he got to kiss her, and then. She can't help herself. She has to finish. I thought of you every day. <laughs> that oh. kiss. Oh, that's where I needed my fans. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Wait, Whoa. there was a kiss in this movie? What? Oh, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. Ooh. I've seen a, a good fair share of kisses in movies. But this That's one, a pretty good one. This one ranks very, very high. Very high. Very high. Very high. <laughs> I mean, you have the anger, 
you have the frustration, you have the tension built up. All of a sudden, you have the pull, the spin, the kiss, and then it's like a kiss. Ooh. What? <laughs> a real kiss. It's a kiss. Oh, man. Like, I don't know that I can, I don't know if there's another movie that has a kiss as romantically built up and played out like that because are we like, talking are we talking movies or are we talking tv shows as well television anything that you put and see on your television i mean i don't know i can think of i can think of a few that come pretty dang close and i can think of several several scenes where i've melted completely into the ground um but that is definitely one that has all the elements checks all the boxes and yeah leaves you feeling a little warm <laughs> bring on the fans <laughs> well and then to follow it up to follow it up what does he bring out he brings out the napkin which shows that which shows that she has been with him that entire time and then what a line to say what a line to say after what a line to say how have you been <laughs> after a kiss like that how have you been <laughs> but of course it was a much deeper how have you been mm -hmm. and he said she said exactly what he needed to hear lonely it's amazing how much can be said with one word mm -hmm. because the napkin showed that she had been with him the whole time mm -hmm. and lonely showed even more than I thought of you every day. The fact that she had been lonely showed that he had never left her that entire time. And what do we do now? <laughs> I so thought he was going to propose right then and there. I know I was, that's what I was supposed to think, but I'm like, he's going down. He's going to, oh, he's picking up the letters. <laughs> Flabbergasted. Because I'm like, wait, she literally just came back. Like, what? Why not? <laughs> I, was like, wait. I thought, I thought it was completely out of character for him to do something so off the cuff, but I really thought he was going to do it. And then I'm going to make you the perfect kombucha, kombucha smoothie. I'm like, oh, he's not proposing. Okay. When he says, I'm going to make you, I was like, and he pauses. I was like, you're going to make her your wife. Your wife. <laughs> And yes, my voice is getting higher because of the shock factor. I mean, like, I just come down from this whole romantic scene and this kiss, and then he gets down on one knee, and then, like, why am I talking up here? <laughs> and then he just this kombucha recipe, kombucha recipe, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, my emotions right now are just very much turned around. Down, down. <laughs> and then, and you are going to read me all of your letters that could take all night good good <laughs> oh wink <laughs> oh man oh so amazing so beautiful okay we gotta hurry through the trivia all right 
Number one, name two of the nicknames that Norman thought of for Rita. Reese and Riri. Oh, wow, you guys said the same one. Very good. Reedster and Reed's Meats. Yes, Reed's Meats. <laughs> All right. Um, number two, what was the name of the woman that Gabe met in Louisiana? Ooh. In the shelter. I don't remember. Mary Jo. No, I don't know. Close. <laughs> Violet. Oh. Violet. Okay. Number three. What was the name of the dish that involved patole that Ramon thought of in the mailbox grill? Because remember, he's thinking up all of these clever names for his dishes because he now owns the mailbox grill. Um, Priority mail patole. Um, Priority, Priority mail patole. Okay, what am I on for? Uh, yes. Number four, how many churches are there in Denver? 7,000. Wow, that's a lot of churches, Jess. I don't. <laughs> 1,726? Nope, that's mm -hmm. closer. 1,057 is what oh they, is what they said. I knew there was a 1,000. I knew there was a 7 in there somewhere. Well, you got the 1 and the 7. <laughs> okay, final one. What is Joe's name? For Steve. What is Joe's name for Steve? Skunk. Huh? No, not a skunk. This no, is the that's wrong TV calls, show. One calls the heart, Casey. One oh, calls the heart. Um, a snake? No, it's, um, he says something. Oh, um. Jess, anything? I don't know it. Mr. Mr. Security. Mr. National Security. National Security. Okay. Mr. Yeah. Mr. National Security. And then he said, and then, and then of course he says, I think in a way, maybe he is a fertilizer salesman. Fertilizer salesman. <laughs> that was what I was thinking of too. <laughs> no, that was, that's what, that wasn't, that wasn't Joe's name for yeah. Steve, but he said, I think he's also a fertilizer salesman. <laughs> All right. Not bad, you two. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Postables. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back for an even more in-depth look at this wonderful movie of ours next week. See you then. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. For more juicy details and to hear what's coming up, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Deliver Me a Pod and on Instagram at Deliver Me a Podcast. And please check out our merch store for tons of Postables inspired merchandise to enhance your fandom. See you next week. <laughs>